Welcome to MSU's Impact Sports Behind the Mask. I'm your host, Jason Ruff, and welcome to our preseason podcast. We are here with Mon Ice Arena alongside my co-host, Brian Bogle, where the Michigan State Spartans are taking on the University of Windsor at an exhibition matchup. And I tell you what, if you didn't know that the Spartans were playing the University of Windsor, you would think they were playing the University of Michigan with all the penalties that were going on. Isn't that right, Brian? Absolutely, and by the looks of it, the refs are not going to stop putting away their wrestlers here. So far, it looks like we've had about 13 penalties in the first period alone, which is something unusual, especially for an exhibition game. A lot of chippiness going on after the whistle as well, like I said. Kind of kind of usual for an exhibition game. But to be honest, the University of Windsor does sport uniforms that are similar to the University of Michigan. Yeah, kind of University of Michigan, tossing a little Buffalo Sabres and St. Louis Blues look in there too there, uh, Jason. Fair enough, fair enough. Well, the Spartans begin the 2014 season with a lot more, what's the word I'm looking for, poise, I should say, and optimism coming into the season than past seasons. They kind of had a luckluster season last year. They have some new talent. They have a lot of optimism, I would say. What's your thoughts on that? Well, the, Tom Manassas said said the best uh, in his press conference last week. He says, this team is at, the, is at the point where they can see the corner. It's just a matter of being able to turn the corner. Can they turn the corner? And that is going to be the question for this team for this whole season. Well, it certainly seems like they have the weapons to do it. So, uh, just a few of the acquisitions that came in. Josh Jacobs, Dylan Pavlek, and Ed Minnie. A couple of the guys that came in this year to help the Michigan State Spartans. And so far, from the very little that you and I have seen, they've been playing quite well. Absolutely. Josh Jacobs, uh, second-round pick by the New Jersey Devils in last year's draft, set himself up. He looks really good to start this uh, this game here. Set himself up for some good opportunities. Didn't quite get the puck yet. And as for Dylan Pavlik, he had a couple of nice rushes, one in particular as he rushed up the ice with about two and a half minutes to go. Nice burst of speed on the opposite blue line. Broke in, got a nice shot that just missed the net. But so far, the two, those two freshmen look absolutely good so far. Especially also you want to talk about the Spartan back end, their goaltending and their defense. A little, a little more obvious during the green and white game. Ed Minnie seems to be the exact person he was billeted as when coming into MSC, especially in the green and white game. He was tested. He basically was laid siege to by the opposing green team and didn't let in a single goal. He seems to be all that in the back of chips. I agree, and, and Jake Hildebrand spoke very highly of him uh, when we spoke with him at uh, media day last week. He said basically he's a great player, we're happy to have him, and having a guy like that in the back of the net backing up Hildebrand will definitely push Hildebrand to be at his best, which is what the Spartans need this season. Right, you look at a bunch of NHL teams, they usually do well with a two-goaltender system. Also worth mentioning is the Spartan defense. They've been playing exceptionally well at the green and white game. It ended in a 0-0 tie that was only broken by a shootout goal by J.T. Stenglin in the fourth round for the white team. So defense really getting their jobs done. A lot of block shots. I can't tell you how many block shots Michigan State had in that green and white game. And the trend has seemingly continued. It's become one of the hallmarks of the Spartan team. It really is, and when you have a team last season who blocked the fifth amount, fifth highest amount of shots in the nation, fifth amount in total blocks, and they average the most in the nation, which has basically become the foundation of this team. Solid goaltending, 
the willingness to block shots, and we saw that at the forefront here today when they took some early penalties. Defense was there making big blocks. Travis Walsh had a big block on a big blast from the high slot. So this team is built that way, and they need to be at their sharpest this whole season, blocking shots and goal. Now, of course, the biggest question mark for the Spartans coming into this year has been, of course, offensive production. Last couple nights ago in the green and white game, had two breakaways, a two-on-one, and a three-on-two. Again, didn't convert, and we've seen tonight Spartan power play is, I believe, 0 for 3 or 0 for 4, somewhere in that somewhere in that range. And a couple of really good opportunities on the door mouth, and Spartans have got to learn how to finish. Yeah, for sure. And from the taste, the early taste we got in the first period here, they still got the jitters a little bit, maybe not developing the chemistry quite yet, but... Their first couple power plays, their first power play didn't really generate much. Maybe they were a little over-passive. And they had a five-on-three midway around, near midway through that first period and did not get a goal on that or even a A-plus a scoring opportunity would hurt. But then again, it's exhibition. we still got a long way to go before UMass in a couple of weeks. Right, like you said, this, this is only an exhibition, and the Spartans have the first week of the season, which starts next week, off. And now it's also now time for this day in Spartan history. Actually, by this day, I mean yesterday. On October 6th, back in 2001, so not that long ago, a world record crowd of 74,554 watched as Michigan State and Michigan play to a 3-3 overtime tie in an outdoor hockey game played at Spartan Stadium, which would eventually become to be known as the Cold War. The record crowd braved the chilly temperatures, hovering just above freezing with wind gusts reaching nearly 30 miles per hour. Per hour. Michigan State freshman forward Jim Slater scored the game-tying goal with only 47 seconds left, and neither team could find the net in the extra session. Kind of makes you wonder what would happen if they played the shootout. Now, of course, Michigan State would get the last lap, beating the Michigan Wolverines for the CCHA title later that year. And it kind of, and the reason I kind of bring that up is not only did it only happen yes yesterday, way back then. But also, Michigan State and Michigan will be playing another outdoor game at Comerica Park, or not Comerica Park, excuse me, at Soldier Field in Chicago, which is my hometown, so I'm kind of embarrassed I, I, I didn't get that. But definitely, as, it, as you could say, the Cold War is turning hot once again. Absolutely, and your buddies back home might give you a little knock for forgetting about Soldier Field, but <laughs> this is going to be the... Now, Michigan's looking for revenge. Last time these two teams met up outdoors... In Comerica Park. At Comerica Park. Michigan State got the win there. So that's definitely one of the highlights on the schedule this year. And as for the arena we're in right now, Mun Arena turns 40 years old in the not-so-near future. So by the time we're doing that podcast, we'll be wishing a very happy birthday to Mun Ice Arena. Wow. Wow. 40 years. It's, It's astonishing. Especially when you consider what kind of coaches and players that this building has has seen. I mean, back back when this building was first open, they were still playing at Demp Hall. Emo Bassoni brought his teams in here. Then, of course, you have the wonderful Ron Mason years. Then, of course, you have Rick Comley and now the Tom and Assis era. So much history in this ring. And, of course, it's going to be getting the tender love and care it deserves within the next 12 months, as announced by the Michigan State Athletic Office. Absolutely. Some new video boards will be nice. It'll be a treat for the fans here. Some LED lighting around the arena. This place is going to be looking good in a couple years. Too bad I won't be uh, I won't be attending Michigan State in two years. But 
I'll definitely have to come up and make some visits. I'll send you photos, buddy. <laughs> well, we're going to take a short break as the second period is just about behind us. Spartans and the Windsor Lancers are tied zero apiece. Stay tuned. We'll be right back. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to Mon Ice Arena on MSU Impact Sports is Behind the Mask, our preseason podcast. I'm Jason Ruff, once again, joined by my co-host, Brian Bogle. And things have opened up here after the second period. University of Windsor got it started going with scoring first on a breakaway during a power play. That They led 1-0. However, MSU came back on a beautiful two-on-one tied up. And then on the power play, the Spartans got it, took the lead 2-1. to one. So, Brian, I think scoring-wise, things have definitely opened up. What are your thoughts after that, after that second period? Well, it definitely looks like the Spartans found their legs in that period. They outshot the other team 17-5 in that period and lead 33-8 after two periods. So, clearly, they've, they've dominated the play. I would like to see better shot selection. And by shot selection, I mean better shot placement by the Spartans. Sure, they're out shooting them 33-8, to but a lot of the shots have been right to the middle of the pads of Van Buskirk, and a lot of goalies are going to stop the majority of those. So, we got the soaring started off on the beautiful two-on-one goal there. It was an absolutely great play as they froze the goalie on the on the feed, and then they buried it on the on the pass. Bada boom, bada bing. Another thing I like to see the Spartans do a little bit more is make plays under pressure. What I mean by that, I point this out to you, Brian. When you look at guys like Matt Barry, when they, when he has a guy or two on him, he's able to somehow turn something or take nothing and turn into something, either get a shot on that or try to get to a teammate. I'd like to see more of the Spartan offensemen do that. Because if you look, remember back to last year, they had a lot of those opportunities, but they just couldn't get them towards the net or get opportunities in front of the net. Yeah, absolutely. And and Matt Berry had a terrific, terrific second period. He had us a little fire under him after what was going on in the first period. He had a little, little scuffle right in front of the Windsor net, which was good to see. But... It was great to see, you know, not only Barry, but it seemed like the rest of the team kind of got their legs going. Tom Nassis must have said something after the first period. Now, you probably heard the Michigan State student band all of a sudden stop playing. Really good showing out here by the A-team. I don't know the exact number of students that have come out to support the Spartans in this exhibition game. Oh, uh, here it is. 3,683. That is the total attendance so far come out to support Spartans and execute this a matchup but like I said Michigan State students the A-team really coming out in force especially with their new white script jerseys which I must say they look pretty cool absolutely gotta love the scripts gotta you know I think they're a little bit of an upgrade over the Spartan helmet one from last year but uh, great to see them out and supporting their team and great to see some other people here in attendance as well this game is a little close a little uh closer than I think Tom Anastas and co. would like to have it be, but if it wasn't for Van Buskirk in the net for Windsor, this game could easily be 4-5-1 or five to one at this point. And let's not forget, these teams have met only twice before, and Michigan State has outscored Windsor 12-1 to one in those two games. So it's a third period to see Michigan State own the play, I think, after Windsor got on the board there. So we'll see what happens in the third period. I think I may have to debate you on where the script jerseys are better than uh-huh. last year's 18 jerseys. But that's a conversation for another day. Switching gears here, switching over to the Big Ten. Uh, where is my paper here? I have a conundrum of papers here. Just found it. 
preseason Big Ten polls came out, and not much has changed, save for the number two position. Minnesota leads the pack at number one. University of Michigan scooched out Minnesota to take the number two, or excuse me, scooched out Wisconsin to take the number two spot. Wisconsin comes in number third, and then the bottom half of the Big Ten basically unchanged. Ohio State takes number four, Michigan State comes in number five, and Penn State at number six. Brian, is this an accurate ranking of where the conference is right now? Is one team ranked too high, one team ranked too low? What are your thoughts on that? I, I think uh, one of these teams is ranked a little higher than they should be. I, I would bump Michigan down to that third spot. But going into this season, the Spartans need to target all their matchups against Ohio State. These two teams played each other extremely closely last season. A lot of the games ended up going into shootouts. And if you look at the standings, Michigan State only trailed Ohio State by two points. So they need to target those matchups, and they, they need to do a, they need to clean up that that matchup for them to move up there because if they can steal maybe two or three games against Ohio State and we all know we can you know Michigan State can easily play against Michigan wouldn't be surprised to see Michigan State challenge Michigan for that third spot I think towards the end of the season I think Minnesota and Wisconsin are clearly the top two teams in this conference Michigan is a close third and Michigan State is more than capable of, of competing for that third spot. I'd have to agree with you, but kind of piggybacking on what you said, of course, you also have to remember Wisconsin lost half their team either to graduation or early departure. Wisconsin, the Wisconsin Badgers are, in fact, the Big Ten tournament reigning, reigning, I should say, Big Ten tournament champions. Meanwhile, Michigan picks up one first-round draft pick in Dylan Larkin, who is a draft pick of the Detroit Red Wings. And all of a sudden, people are thinking that they're going to be the next big thing. Of course, when you do look at it, it seems like the Michigan Wolverines are putting all their eggs in one basket trying to make it to the NCAA tournament because they've missed out for two years in a row. And Red Berenson, as we all know, is on a year-to-year basis. Do you think it's accurate to say that if the Wolverines do not make the NCAA tournament, then Red Berenson would step aside? Oh, absolutely not. Red Berenson is Michigan hockey. You can't take him out just because they have one bad, uh, they have a couple off seasons here and there. It's all about retooling for them. And I think, like you said, with Larkin on the team, they will be a well-tooled machine this year. But they have questions elsewhere. Their offense isn't too bad. Their goaltending is shaky. It can be shaky. It's still strong, though. I mean, the Big Ten is a conference known for its top-tier goaltenders. Yes, it is. And that's it. It's going to be tough to see. Uh, it's going to be interesting to see what Michigan has in store this year. Year by year, I think they're ranked a little more. They're, they're ranked a little generously, just because perhaps maybe they are the University of Michigan. But it looks like uh, the referees are about to take the ice here. Well, I'll leave, I'll leave you guys. I'll leave you with just this one thought before we take a quick break here. I don't think Red Berenson is in any danger of losing his job. I mean, of course not. He can't be. No. I mean, especially with what's going on with Ann Arbor and Brady Hoke and all that. <laughs> but <laughs> I think he is coaching year to year. He said that. He's on a year to year basis, and he is on record multiple times for saying if he believes that he is a detriment to the program or if he's holding the Michigan hockey program back, then he will voluntarily step aside and. I mean, let's be honest. He's been coaching there for a very, very long time. He's been he's been at 
University of Michigan longer than Izzo has been here at Michigan State. But like you said, the referees are coming back on. We're getting set for the third period between Michigan State versus the Windsor, the Windsor yes. Lancers. I, I keep forgetting that. I, I have to fix that it's not up. A, not a commonly used name, I'll give you that. <laughs> true enough, true enough. We'll be right back with MSU behind MSU Impact Sports is behind the mask. Don't go anywhere. All right, and welcome back to Impact Sports Behind the Masks preseason podcast. At the end of regulation, Michigan State fell to the Windsor Lancers by a score of 3-2 in the shootout. Windsor was able to take the final dagger of the heart. They score on the first round. MSU could not find a response. Brian, looking back on this game, is this something MSU can take going forward and look at it in a positive light? Absolutely, and Coach uh, Nastas mentioned this in the post game. This was a terrific exhibition game for this team. It was physical, and the offense showed up. I mean, they just ran into a super hot goaltender who I think rightfully should have been the number one star tonight. Pretty much came in and stole this game for Windsor, but there are plenty of positives. The freshmen looked really good, and, you know, the offense, if they keep playing the way they were tonight, I think this team will be much better offensively than the last couple of years. I, I definitely have to agree with you, and it's also important to mention that the University of Windsor is not just some pushover team from Canada. I mean, these guys can't, were, I mean, the, win, win, the Lancers were part of the Canadian college equivalent of the Frozen Four, so this is an elite Canadian team with, like you said, a lot of old, older, older students, guys in their mid-20s. So, like you said... Very good challenge for Michigan State going forward. Definitely a lot of positives to take away. And like you said, if this offense continues to improve, saw some good signs, saw some improvement. And I'm still optimistic going forward this year. Yeah, I'm I'm feeling that way too. Sure, they would love to have chalked up a a W in that win column, but there are so many positives. We can even talk about each freshman individually. I think Josh Jacobs is the real deal for this team. He looks so oh, yes. comfortable with oh, the puck. Yes. He looks so comfortable from start to finish in this game. Gat was a guy you rarely even noticed he was out there because he was making the right decision just right. about every time. Right. And and Pavlik had his chances. He showed some great bursts of speed right. going up and down the boards here. He was able to just completely blow past some guys. So this freshman class is going to do a lot for this team. I want to say another thing about Gat. He's a smart hockey player. I mean, I noticed this tonight, and I noticed this at the green and white game. There were times when Gap was on the point. Guy went down to block the shot, but he shot the puck. He took the time, recognized the block, and shot the puck around the defender to either get it close or on net. That is smart hockey, and that is something that Michigan State needs for it going forward. So, yes, the Michigan State Spartans fall to Windsor again by a final score of 3-2 in the shootout. Their next game will be the, in fact, home opener on October 17th against the the University of Massachusetts. Looking at our final Around the Boards here segment where we look at other teams coming from around the league, we're going to look at the U.S. Hockey College, I'm sorry, the United States College Hockey Association preseason poll. You can tell it's late. And we're going to just take a look at the top ten, just take a look at who is in the top ten, who Michigan State plays, and why this is a tough, 
tough schedule here for the Michigan State Spartans. At number one is the Minnesota Golden Gophers, the consensus number one pretty much throughout all of college hockey. There's no, there's no surprise that they're the top team in the, in the nation. Number two, North Dakota. Number three, Providence. Boston College checks in at number four. Union College, the defending national champions, they check in at number five. Probably lost a lot of talent. I'm not 100% sure, but that wouldn't surprise me. Colgate checks in at number six. St. Cloud State at number seven. Our, uh, our neighbors from Ann Arbor, the Michigan Wolverines, check in at number eight. Ferris State, our rivals up a little bit up north, I would say, to they checking at number nine. And finally, Wisconsin checks in at number 10. When you look at this top 10, Brian, you see five teams that Michigan State will play at least once. Four, four teams they'll play a series with. Three of those teams are in conference. Their conference rivals in Michigan State will play them four times. Michigan State has a demanding schedule on this team. They play Minnesota, Boston College, Michigan, Ferris State, Wisconsin. I mean, it boggles the mind how difficult the schedule will be. But with great, there's a lot. There's a big opportunity here if Michigan State can play well, get a couple wins. There's an opportunity they could maybe find find themselves in the in the top ten at the end of the season. Absolutely. And you look at these teams: four games against Minnesota, one game against BC, four games against Michigan, two games against Ferris, and four against Wisconsin. That's 15 games against teams in the top ten. So if Michigan State can perform fairly well in these games. Maybe not quite a top 10 team at this point, but I'd definitely say this strength of schedule. And don't, let's not forget UMass is no pushover either. Any any sort of positive results Michigan State can get out of these matchups could potentially propel them into talks of an NCAA tournament. Right, especially when you consider how well Michigan State played top, number one Minnesota. I mean, they beat them in two shootouts last year and lost to the other two games only by one goal. You consider how near the end of the season Michigan State played Minnesota very I'm sorry, not Minnesota, Wisconsin very well. They they won a really long and intense dogfight and came up just shy of pulling a comeback on, on senior day last year. I maintain if, they, if Michigan State had five more minutes in that final game, they would have tied it, and if they played a full 60 minutes they would have won that game and swept Wisconsin. Yeah, I think it's fair to say that, too. And that overtime win came here at Munn was one of their highlights of the season, you know, among others. So these are matchups Michigan State needs to play again because you, you don't feel much satisfaction out of beating some of the lesser teams all the time. You need to play the big dogs to put your program on the map, and that's what this team's going to do this year. Like the old saying goes, in order to be the best, you have to beat the best, and that's definitely what head coach Tom Anastas is. To, is that's definitely the philosophy he's taking in terms of recruiting. Well, it's late at night, and we are going to say goodbye from all of us here at Mon Ice Arena. I'm Jason Ruff, and I'm Brian Bobel. Stay cool, Spartan Nation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What was the deal with?